0: Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So, for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit taxley.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins.
1: And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News.
2: And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief for the Front Office News.
0: All right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the NIT, NIT first two-round games for the Bearcats. The Bearcats defeat Virginia Tech 81-72 to and Hofstra 79-65. to J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats'
2: performances? Okay, so the first game was a little choppy. I feel like the first half, they allowed um, – they allowed actually what's no, what's not my bad. Um, uh, Tech to actually kind of push them around a little bit, and they weren't as physical as they should have been, especially the bigs. And then I think in the second half, they changed, and they just start taking it to Virginia Tech. So I think that's what made the game go a little bit smoother. And David and Julius kind of just said, Forget this, I'm about to make this, make them not be able to run their offense smooth at all, smoothly at all. And everybody just, jumped on his back and just kept floating. And then against Hofstra, I feel like that was a pretty complete game for the most part. I think they might've started off a little shaky, but um, they were scoring from the jump and they just start imposing their will, especially in the paint. Odie had probably one of his best games of the season. Mm I thought Vic played solid. I mean, I think the big guys just dominated and everybody just kind of, you know, went from there, but um, first game was choppy, but they handled business when they supposed to, I think the home home crowd was great. And then the second game was on the road, which would have been a game that could have been, should have been a game at home, but you know, with prior engagements, they couldn't pull it off. But I think they played great at, at Hofstra. And it was dope to see the seniors lead lead those guys to a victory on the road, man, in a tough environment. It was um smaller gym, but it's definitely more people in there than an ECU game, that's for sure. <laughs> 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 Had to throw that in there. Yeah, of course, the 30 people. The 30, 30, people. 30 for 30. <laughs>
1: Not I counting do. the staff. <laughs> Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, so I think going back to the Virginia Tech game, what really stood out to me was it was a close game at halftime, but uh what stood out to me was this is something we found out post-game in the press conference that David DeJulius – apparently walked off at halftime, coming out at halftime, and told Coach West that he wanted to turn this thing into a rock fight. And that's exactly what happened. And then West's response was, well, if you're going to do that, we're going to win this game. Let's go win it. And look what happened. But I think the second half of the Virginia Tech game was what really stood out. I mean, uh, they made it hard, really hard, for Virginia Tech to get anything going. Uh, Their leading scorer, Hunter Couture, was – over eight in the first half if I remember right but he he turned it on there in the second half a little bit but overall like if they stopped the big man Grant silly in that game I mean that was a different outcome maybe could have put him away by a little bit more than just that uh nine points there but overall like Virginia like Virginia Tech had the opportunity to make that game closer just couldn't knock down shots but Overall, I think to see the play from David DeJulius there versus Virginia Tech was what really kind of stood out to me. I mean, I hit on how he wanted to turn it into a rock fight, uh, rock fight, and he finished with 21 and uh 21 seven and six that night. So I mean he kind of really stuffed the stat sheet there. Uh Landers Nolly got his revenge versus former teammate. He finished with another double double in 15 and 12. But then the Hofster game, that's that's an interesting topic because as JT mentioned, like that's a stadium that only holds 5,000 people. So they had to go on the road to a smaller, a uh, smaller university and arena that doesn't hold as many people as what they're predominantly used to. But in the Bearcats stance, like they've been on road games with less than that this season. So, but I think what really stood out to me was all five starters combined for 73 of the team's 79 points. So that's that's a huge thing that jumps off to me at at first when you look down at the stat sheet. But then I think this the size matchup just was too much for Hofstra to really contain. Um, Odia Guama had one of his best games of the season, as JT alluded to. I uh, finished with 14 and 11 on seven to eight shooting. Victor Lachin got back to his old self. There he had went six and nine from the field, eight rebounds, and 16 points. So. That's what you wanted to see out of your big man uh, versus a team like Hofstra. But overall, you're looking down you see a team that shoots 53% from the field and starters uh, get 73 of the 79 team points. Like that's five guys in double figures. Like what else could you ask for in that situation? So very pleased with how they came out and performed. Uh, Obviously, you have to go on the road that in what could have been a home game, but they had prior commitments. So now they uh flipped the page to utah valley state
0: well let me let me start with a couple things i want to start with the gintech game and let's give it up for the bearcat fans that game i i i wasn't at the game i'm gonna let you guys kind of give me some feedback on how it was in person but on tv like you could hear the crowd man it seemed like the energy there was amazing thoughts on what it was like in person
2: yeah i'll go first neil um Dude, like, they got to get those people that normally get on the second level on the first level somehow. (laughs) (laughs) Because they didn't have, it was very minimal students in the building because of spring break. And that thing was rocking. Like, you know how you know Apple Watches tell you, like, hey, if you're in this environment at this decibel level, you're going to go deaf (laughs) at a certain amount. You could possibly go deaf or have hearing problems. Like that popped up on my watch like a couple times. Now just wow. the lower bow. Wow. And I think it was that loud when I against UCF that game when the kid missed those free throws at the end, it was like that where it told me that as well. So like it's it was it was amazing, man. Like you it was it was crazy, it was rocking. I know I'll let Neil uh add in on, on top of that as well.
1: Yeah, so it was definitely. I, I'm there with JT. You definitely got to find a way to get those uh, those fans who sit in the upper deck for most of the games. You got to find a way to get them down on the uh, <laughs> the lower level there because it, it was pretty loud. Like, it was probably one of the loudest fifth thirds have been all season. And that you got to think, like, they still only went – they didn't even sell the upper bowl. Didn't even open the upper bowl up. It was strictly lower bowl. They had about 7,000 people there. And all 7,000 brought the energy. And I mean, that's what they needed to because obviously, what could have been the last home game, obviously had the seniors getting that final run. But students being on spring break, the people came out and they gave the fan they gave the team what they wanted to hear. And I mean, Coach Miller has done a fantastic job of kind of alluding to the fans all season about how he support how much he appreciates the support they get. And he was like talking about how much they lifted the team up that night because you got to think that was a 9 p.m. tip off. On, I believe, like a Wednesday or a Thursday night. Like it was the middle of the week, and then 9 p.m., students are on spring break. You had these guys, these fans come in and just literally turn fifth, third. Like it felt like a regular home game with every fan in that building. And that's, and then you looked around, and I think I made the comment to JT at one point. I was like, it's kind of weird how it's this loud, and there's still about 5,000 seats empty in here between the upper deck. So, overall, the fans did a tremendous job. I thought that environment was nice. All the court side seats were taken, in matter of fact, for people who were uh, a little mad about that situation. All the court side seats were occupied, figured out to throw that in there. But, however, the environment was nice.
2: So, all right, what was the ratio, at least from what we could see, on the, side, on the court side seat and age? What would you say, Neil?
1: It was definitely a more older like, old Bearcat fans, like, older Bearcat, like, yeah. watched this program for years. Like, if we didn't see many younger, like, college students or anything down there. It was more of the older Bearcat Faithful fans down there, which they greatly appreciate because it shows how long they've been supporting this program.
2: For sure. But that's why, fans, if you if you, you wonder why you didn't get those tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. Bearcat Faithful, the you. ones I've been supporting
1: for the longest got them. That's what it seemed like. <laughs>
2: For sure. For sure.
0: That's, it, it, I mean, it was cool. It was cool that the fans yeah, like, that yeah. normally sit on the upper level had an opportunity to sit closer um, and enjoy the game. I know I talked to a couple people that were there that normally sit up in the 200s, and they yeah. were down like third row, and um, they just said it was rocking in there. So, again, hats off to the Bearcat fans, some of the best fans in the country. I got to give a tip of the hat to uh, Mike Young, uh, Virginia Tech's coach. I thought he did a uh I and mean, he's a
2: great coach. Um, oh man. Mike Young is tight, man. I, I have a new uh he's tough, isn't he? No, but he's like a mm-hmm. like a genuinely good dude. Like
1: I should have heard him in the press conference too. Oh like, man,
2: know. he's like a dude, like he's one of those guys, like not to cut you off me. like he's one of those guys like if you talk to him, like you probably talk to him for like he probably would stay in the presser and talk to us for like another thirty yeah. minutes if we let him.
0: Didn't I, didn't I tell you on the podcast what a great person he nah, is? Nah, he's just a, t- he's a good dude. He's a man. tight guy.
1: Yeah, very he's cool tight, guy. Yeah. You can see why players want to play for him, too.
0: For
2: sure. 100%.
0: And the crazy thing is, if you see him again, and you just bring up, hey, you know, I, I report on the Bearcats, mm-hmm. and I he'll remember you. Yes. Yeah,
1: I think somebody, I don't know if it was Chad or Justin, can't remember, they were talking to him about. Teams from like 2006, and he was like, "Yep, I remember that one." Like, yeah, it was great. Like, were, we had a good conversation with him, going back and forth for just he was talking about how much he appreciates playing in Cincinnati, the fan bases, all the universities around the area.
2: Just yeah. an overall good,
1: good conversation. And said he loves the support from the uh, the city of Cincinnati and the local areas. Said this is like a basketball city, so it was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. It was dope.
0: And, and listen, I was worried about this game for several reasons, but props to our guys for pushing through and getting the W. I think it says a lot about the character of this team. They could have easily folded being in the yeah. NIT and, you know, kind of not care. And, you know, again, yeah. some of the hat to West too for getting the guys ready to play. Yep. You know,
2: that's for sure, man. Because like you said, man, like you, you shoot everybody. Like nobody's like at the beginning of the season, like I want to get to the NIT. Right? Mm-hmm. right, that's not that's not on anybody's board. No matter how good your team is or how bad your team is, that's not on the board. There's no way, and he got them together, man. So, oh, all right, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, no, you're fine. And, and, and listen, I, I said on the last podcast, and I'm gonna say it moving forward too. In the NIT, it's all about who wants it the most. What players you can throw a lot of. I mean, I know later on we're gonna talk about players to watch. We're going to talk about defense, offense, but you know, ultimately it's going to come down to who wants to who wants to play, man. Who wants to wants to yep. get it done. And Wes made the comment before in the post game. I think Neil talked about this before. We we don't want to be a spring break basketball program where kids going on spring break and you know, there's some kids that stuff like that's on their mind. And if yep. you think it isn't, you have to remember these are 20-year-old young people that you know, all these good looking women are talking to them on campus. I'm going down to Panama. <laughs> yeah. I'll be down there. Come on, pull, pull up, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you know they think about that stuff. For sure. Um, and, and people are like, Well, you know, they're, they're playing high-level basketball, they're on top of the world. Why would they even think about that? Because they're young people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: They're 18 to 20, something year old men. Like they are right. definitely thinking about like, dang, they are probably looking at on social media, like, dang, they down there kicking it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yes, they are. It's yeah, for they're, sure. For yeah. sure. People they know, like people that they know from like back home. and are like, oh, they close to them and boom, boom, boom. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It's, it's a like, part of the life. That's the other thing, too, about
0: college athletics. You know, you're so it's such a job that I don't think a lot of players, especially the high level players, get an opportunity to really enjoy the college experience because of their dedication to athletics. And and it does start to wear you down. You look at a Kenyon Martin and you look at everything he put into the Bearcat program to be the number one player in the country, number one draft pick. Kenyon missed a lot of stuff. Can you miss spring breaks? Can you missed going to frat parties? Can you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, 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 you didn't get to experience a lot of that. And there are some players, you know that that it, it weighs on the back of their mind. but so um, so listen, it, 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 I think it was great that they they wanted that game. They really wanted to win five guys in double figures. Is that yeah. right? Yep. yep yep. Um, we, we beat them on the glass 52 points in the second half. Right. Yep. yep. Um, so I, I I really thought that was a was definitely a good win, and obviously it propelled them into the Hofstra win. Um, you know, good going on the road. Um, and like you guys said, what was there under three thousand people there, but it's a cozy type of environment, so it seems like there are more people yeah. there. You know, so it was a, it was a tough environment. Um, and and I don't know how you guys felt, but when you know, I went back and I watched uh, parts of the game again. And obviously, I knew the outcome. I watched it the first time. But then watching again, the I just felt like we had control of that game the whole time. Like, I didn't think, I don't know how you felt, JT, but I didn't think we were going to lose. They were starting to make a run, got a little nervous. But I'm like, ah, we're going to win this.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. they played steady, man. It was like pretty steady. Like, I don't think they never had any panic. And mm-hmm. they, just, they, they just were the better team and they just imposed a will on them. Mm-hmm. it wasn't like we're a huge favorite like if you look at gambling sites or whatever anything like that so it wasn't like they were favorite on the road but it wasn't like they were supposed to blow them out they weren't supposed to beat them like they did so i just think they were just imposed their will play solid man and that's what you need on the road and it shows that it's a team that wants to win this and which is good because i mean i know i would rather them be in the ncaa tournament but they're not and they're not they're not uh like I feel like Rutgers, they kind of the team that should have supposed to be should have been the number one seed in Hostra beat. You could tell like they didn't really want to be there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you see is cherishing this, taking care. I mean, you get extra basketball games with the, your teammates. Some of these guys won't be here next year. Some will. And. I just think it's good for, you know, I think it's good great for the players and for the coaches. You get postseason with this program, with these coaches, and you get extra, you know, extra game and practice with uh, with these kids that you probably, you know, if they would have lost already, it would be over with. you will be trying to see who's staying, who's going kind of a thing. So, Yeah,
0: and I, I think to your point, JT, it, it helps having a guy like David DeJulius who has a mindset like he does and he's leading your team. The Julius wants to win this whole thing, and right, and it's uh, and I think it's it's probably many layers to it. But one one of the layers is the Julius understands his place in this program. Like he's going to be, we've talked about that. He's going to be looked upon as kind of like that Deontay Vaughn of this of this era, and what he's done for the program. He wants to go out a winner on a high note. I mean, he's talked about that. I've talked to him at practice about that. Um and then from a selfish standpoint, you got to think, you know, when the season's over, he's going right to Portsmouth for the NBA stuff, um, which you know, if he doesn't get drafted, there's the overseas stuff. Yeah. But all you're auditioning right now. Yep. Yes. So from a selfish standpoint, you've got to put it all out there, right? And yeah, that's yeah. infectious, I believe, to the other guys. Lander's a competitor. Yep. Um, you know what I'm saying? Odie's just such a good dude, and he's just gonna give it all. He don't give a shit about spring break. He wants to. Yeah, you know, gonna, man, like I just I, I like I like the leadership of of the Julius, and it just kind of the trickle down effect.
2: Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. Nah, it it is it's dope to see because like this is his first action with us. So like the Bearcats, I'm not, I'm not pretty sure maybe Michigan made I made it when he was there, but. This is his first postseason. It's not the one he wanted, but at the same time, he's not taking it for granted. He's going out there pushing up the record, Brooks, man. Like, was he like the most in Was that the most in the season? He's like top three now in assists.
1: Uh, He'll be top three with two more assists. I think he was five. There was somebody at 186 or like 189. He has like 188.
2: Yeah, that's crazy. And then you know, like, he's averaging over five assists for the season. When that when play started, he wasn't at three assists a game. He might have been like 2.2 or something like that. He might not have been at two 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 and a half before that. And Landers, so,
1: Lander's knowledge right up there in the record books as well. And, I mean, it's in made three-point shots. I think he's got 91 on the season, but he's only spent one season here, and he's climbing top ten in that category as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good to see. You. Hopefully they can keep this momentum going. And uh, you're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Now the Bearcats take on Utah Valley March 22nd at 9 p.m. in Orem, Utah. Is that how you say it? Orem? Orem? That's yep. where, that's where it yeah. is. I think uh-huh. Orem is like a little bit south of uh Salt Lake. So that would probably be close to the middle of the state. I don't okay. I'm not I don't have a map. I don't I don't know Utah very well. Me either. I don't think I don't, I don't know that I've ever been to
2: Utah. I have as a little kid, but like I can't remember. Like I just remember, like the lake being like legit, like super blue wherever <laughs> we were at. <laughs> but I was like five or six too, so that don't count for real. But um, only one time. But I don't think got to worry about anybody missing curfew at and <laughs> out there. Not in Orum. Not in Orum. You, you got what... some. Let's say know some people. You never know, but. <laughs> uh, I... <laughs> I hope, know, I, they, I hope they, no one on this team knows anybody in Orem, Utah. That, that's <laughs> the they in might, They might have that call. It might be somebody set it off in Orem. <laughs> no, <Nah>, but. Uh, <laughs> JT. No, I hope not. I hope they don't. That would be terrible if they don't have bad legs in Orem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to breeze past
0: that one. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meal's Pizzeria at 2634. Short before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early, because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support with the Bearcat Tip Off Talk Podcast. Now let's jump into the big old segment sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. And in this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. So,
2: JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Hey man, we're going with the senior. Um, going David to Julius, man. I think he I played against uh Hofstra, you know, play that type of game where he has, I mean, it's having over five assists for him right now is knock on wood. It's, you can catch that just like a, you got to do for the day. Um, it's, it's almost second nature right now. So I'm thinking you get six, you want to, in that range, you know, be a pest on defense, shoot the ball well between 14 and 18 points i mean you know david could go off for more about think he has that and he's shooting the ball well or even if he's not shooting the ball well getting to the hole um and activating the floater and the playup game i think that's gonna be big for the um for the bearcats and um guards control tournament play and you know, who 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 would you trust to control the pace of the game more than david to julius that's who you gotta Got to roll with man. I think he has to have one of those games where he controls the floor and, you know, hopefully go on the road and get another dub and get to Vegas. Yep. Get the hell out of Orem. 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 Yeah. Vegas sounds a lot better than going to (laughs) Orem. So I would play real good if I was them just so I can go to Vegas. That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) No, no. There's something to that. That's definitely motivation.
0: For sure. for some of those guys that have never been to Vegas, they're like, "Man, we got to get there. This
2: go to this, Vegas.
0: This might you be get a on, free trip,
2: free trip to Vegas, yeah. and you know with your boys." So I think it's I'll, I'll I'll play my butt off to get to Vegas. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, yeah. Neil, Utah Valley is 27
0: and eight right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Wolverines?
1: Yeah, so Utah Valley State, we saw it. Uh, as they kicked off this uh, NIT tournament run. uh, They pick up a win versus New Mexico in the first round. And they pick up an 81 to 69 win over Colorado. But what stands out to me of this Utah Valley State team is the guard play. I mean, obviously, everybody knows when it comes down to March, in order to be very successful, it all starts with your guards. And they have three predominant level scorers from their guards. like All three are averaging nearly 14 points a game. I mean, the other we've seen it two of them were actually named to first team all uh conference in the WA WAC conference. So, and that it that starts with Latre Darthard, who's a, a junior guard, he shot 44% from the field this season, averages nearly 14 points a game. He's kind of the guy that makes the uh, the Wolverines go. He's predominantly their lead scorer. And then you have Trey Woodbury, uh the senior who's shooting 45% from the field, He's averaging also 14 points a game, but uh, shooting 42% from the field behind the arc. So we saw it the other night versus uh, New Mexico State, or yeah, no, Colorado. Colorado, he finished with 25. So when one's off, the other gets going, they really complement each other very well. But then you look down, they also have Justin Harmon, who had 25 versus New Mexico. So like one night it was Harmon, the other night it was Woodbury, and they're both putting up 25 points in a uh, NIT run. So their guard play is phenomenal. That's something that's going to be real, like something you ha- really have to kind of hone in and keep an eye on. Uh, they have three solid guards, but then they have the big seven-footer down low, and uh, Aziz Bandy-Age, who is a seven-foot center. He's only a sophomore.
0: Hold
1: on, hold on. hold on, hold say, on. Say that name
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's i Bandier. was not going to laugh, but I was like, <laughs> yeah, but he finally got a weird. name. It's been a minute since you got one of those names.
1: Oh, I botched that one. I botched that one. All I right, can tell you that.
2: All right, take two.
1: <laughs> it is uh, Aziz bandyage He is a seven-foot center. Uh, he's shooting nearly uh, 60, 60% from the field. So the seven-footer, he can kind of do it all. A very effective guy down low he uses his size his athleticism uh to his advantage he's very physical guy but averaging nearly 11 points a game and 10 rebounds so he's a walking double double but the thing is seven foot as a sophomore like he might not even be done growing but Mm. definitely his size and his physicality might be someone to keep an eye on i mean it's not a uh team so uh west miller and the bearcats didn't see a big Uh, seven foot guy versus uh, come over the weekend up there in New York. So uh, this is a team that has all the assets there. They really could put it all together. So uh, if the guards get going, they can find a way to get going inside. So I think Odie and uh, Odie Oguama and Victor Locken will have to do a great job of containing him. But it'll be a fun matchup to watch. Obviously seven footers who's shooting 60% from the field, probably one of the highest percentage clips in the country there at 60%. But, Overall, he's a walking double-double, so uh, West Miller and the Bearcats know they'll probably have their hands full down in the paint, so if they can continue to win the battle on the glass and to find a way to kind of keep him under that 10 rebounds, I think they'll be in good shape.
0: The Big O Segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So, Neil, a lot of Bearcat fans, let's be honest, have not seen Utah Valley play. If they did, it was maybe they were checking into the Colorado game just to see who our next opponent would be um, what are we going to see from them defensively and offensively that you know Bearcat fans need to really watch out for that could mean the difference in the game.
1: Yeah, I think uh, realistically on the offensive end, their guards like to get to the rim, uh, but they're also a very good three-point shooting team. So they like to get downhill and attack, but their guards can really shoot the thing from behind the arc. Uh, but overall, defensively, like they're just a physical team. They don't have like their guards are big. But the Bearcats have seen bigger guards this season. I think if we're looking at their roster as we speak, their tallest guy is the big man at seven four, or not seven four, seven foot. But they have four guys. Four all four guards are six foot four. So you see the uh the guard play kind of has some bigger size than what the Bearcats do. But I think realistically, their defense is gonna be up front, physical. They're gonna come at you. Uh, they bring really good ball pressure, but I think, I think the guard play and the experience here at uh, Cincinnati will be able to do some things that can cause some mismatches. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've seen some, uh, funky plays in all of college basketball to say the least over the weekend. And man, I don't think we see anything like that come Wednesday night, but you never know. I tore, and, my, uh, I
0: tore my bracket up the first yeah.
2: day, man.
1: Yeah. I mean, we saw the, uh, the Kansas State play, the out of bounds play, FAU play. So you never know what someone might draw up. So I think overall, I think the uh, the guard play for the Bearcats will find a way to disrupt what uh Utah Valley State will bring to you on the defensive end.
0: The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice, whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Now, the Kenyan segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. This is where we
2: cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Man, control the tempo, rebound the ball. Uh, Definitely rebound the ball, man. I feel like when they rebound the ball, they're getting out and going, getting more shots, and it just makes it go a lot smoother. And then, of course, the turnovers, but I just think the pace of play and rebounding the ball is key because lately they've been shooting. I like how they've been playing. They've been playing a little bit like mid-post out. They haven't been shooting as many threes um last few games which is good because it's allowing them to to affect and beat up the other other team take advantage of their, their mismatches um i think nollie's been real good in that mid post lately so um yeah man rebounding is key so um they definitely got to go on a roll bring their rebounding uh hands with them and keep it rolling now neil what do the Bearcats need to do to win big
0: in this game?
1: Yeah, I think in order to win big, if they can continue to dominate the glass like they have done in the last two games, uh, if you can get another 40 to 42 to 27 win on the glass, I think you're in great hands and you limit the turnovers there. But I think most importantly is you just have to play to your tempo, you have to play your game. Uh, but it all starts winning the Battle of the Glass there. I mean, we see how uh, effective this team is when they win the Battle of the Glass. And me personally, I think right now they're playing their best ball of the season. Uh, as of late, obviously, they had they lost to Houston. Uh, but then they've kind of turned it around as of lately. They know what they're playing for. You beat a very good Virginia Tech team who has some big wins on the season. Then you beat a Hofstra team who everyone's kind of like, oh, it's Hofstra. It's a smaller school. but. That Hofstra team was a pretty good team. They only lost eight games heading into that one. So overall, they know they have uh, a very tough Utah Valley State team. Uh, here come Wednesday night, a team that is another eight-loss team, I believe. So overall, yeah, their Utah Valley State's twenty-seven and eight. This is team. This is a team that's not going to bend over and uh, fall early. Don't expect them to just come in and let this uh, be a blowout from the jump. They're going to fight till the end. But for the Bearcats to win big, they have to win the Battle of the Glass and limit the turnovers. I think that's the key emphasis. They really have to uh, take advantage of the size and the opportunity they have. I mean, obviously, uh, Vic and Odie has been a different uh, kind of sh- uh, stretch there, uh, benefit for Westmill and the Bearcats here to start the NIT. And I think it just continues here in this one. So I'd like to see for them to win big, get another big night from Guama on the glass, and they just dominate the glass and limit those turnovers. Something we've mentioned all season. The
0: Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota. All right, so Utah Valley has only lost one time at home. They usually have around, what, 3,000, a little under 3,000 fans at home. So probably another small crowd. Um, they go at Colorado and win with a strong second-half performance. By the way, we haven't mentioned this yet. Utah Valley's uh, coach is former
2: Laker Mark Matson. What? Yes. How did I, I miss that? I don't know. Not He's... Mark Matson. Just don't let him dance. Don't. Th- we
0: do not want to see him dance. Do not let him win and dance. Yeah, for sure. We don't want to see Mad Dog dancing.
2: Um, That's crazy. I didn't know that. I missed that one. All right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Listen, I I mentioned this before earlier in the podcast. I'm honestly not as worried about them. I'm just worried about us in terms of being ready to play. JT, you said it. You know, we're looking for a big performance from Juice, and Juice is going to lead this team. And – you know, I, I think the focus has to be on wanting to win this game. And I think more importantly, wanting to win the NIT. And we yeah. talked about how huge this is for recruiting, yeah. momentum for the team. And I, I just think this is a game where Juice and Landers, again, lead this team. Um, the, the one thing you got to think about, Utah, Orem, Utah is a long way away. I mean, that's a long travel day. I don't know when they're leaving. Obviously, West Melon and his staff have this travel thing down pat. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many times we've been on the West Coast this year. Um, you guys would have to remind me of that. I'm not sure, but those West Coast flights aren't easy. Um, not that they're terrible, but they're, they're just different. Um, you know, got to get rested, get your legs under you, get that proper uh, rest. There's a time change. There's altitude. Yeah. You know, and a lot of things that you know, little little adverse situations you have to deal with. Um, but but JT, we talked about this before, and I've, I've everywhere I've been in the city since uh, we beat Hofstra, has said the same thing to me that the Bearcats can win the NIT. It's going to be great momentum for this program.
2: For sure, man. I think so. Like I just think so. I'm glad they're not like. I'm glad Wes was able to get through to them to understand like hey, we got to take advantage of, these, of this opportunity because just look at Xavier. Like, you know, this isn't a Xavier podcast by any means, but at the same time, last year they won NIT. And look at them this year. And um, Sweet 16 again. So, I mean, it is. Tennessee is
1: also a great reference yep. in that as well.
2: Yep, Sweet 16 as well. Um, Memphis, you know, they lost a tough one. They won NIT a few years ago. They've been in the tournament the last couple of years also heartbreaker but it's just like you can see you can see what where you can improve so it's good man um I, I just think they i like i like the intensity they're going with it i think they're even if they do lose against uh um, utah state or utah valley my bad um i don't think they're going in there with that uh we don't care man mentality like i know they're not going in there with that mentality actually yeah. so it's it's it makes it fun to watch, and I think the Bearcat Nation is bought in. Even though it's the NIT, I feel like people are locked in, just like this is um, the Sweet 16 for the NCAA tournament, which is which is great. You can just tell how they showed up to that first game, and how everybody's complaining that they couldn't go to the Hofstra game, a.k.a. that should have been at fifth-third. So, you know, people have, have to have stuff to complain about, but it's because they care for the most part. You know?
1: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Memphis being in the NIT run. A couple years ago, obviously that a uh, most outstanding player that NIT tournament run is now wearing the red and black in Landers Nolly. So Landers Nolly has experience in this tournament, has been here before. He knows what it takes to get over the hump in this tournament. So it'd be great to have that experience from a guy who's been in this situation in Landers Nolly as the Bearcats head to the quarterfinals with the trip to Las Vegas on the line.
0: Ooh, nice, nice little catch, Neil. Neil was, yeah. Neil was holding that in his pocket. Yeah, he was, he
2: was. He threw it down like a
0: <laughs> like the big
2: Joker. That was the big Joker right there.
0: And by the way, uh, by the way, Bearcat fans, Neil is wearing the hoodie today. He's hoodie Neil. And he's got the you got the beard growing. Got the hood up. <laughs> got a little bit.
1: Got a little bit. <laughs> remember that.
0: Remember that sketch of the Unabomber, JT. <laughs> yeah, feel My bad, the Unabomber <laughs> Neil. <laughs> you know. oh, well, that's a great documentary on uh, on Netflix too, with uh, the Unabomber. Sorry, the Kenyan uh-huh. segment <laughs> piece of the game was sponsored by Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs: cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. This is where we cover hot topics. All right, fellas, we're going to kind of change gears here. Talked a lot of hoops. My father this week turns 90 years old. Woo! 90. Man, seen a lot of life, man. Um, has lived a great life. So I recently asked him this question. I said, Coming up on your 90th birthday, Dad, you've seen a lot, you've done a lot. What is the greatest moment or moments in your life to this point? And he said, I'm going to answer that by saying my family, but it's a three parter. And he said, Getting married and my two children. That's my greatest moment in 90 years of life. So that leads me to ask you guys this question, and we're all different ages, so I thought that would be a cool, hot topic. Uh, we'll start with you, JT. To this point, and how old are you, JT?
2: 39. 39. You kind of paused and looked around when you said that. hey uh, think about it, man. I'm close around. 40 coming <laughs> a couple months. <laughs> well,
0: 40 ball. Yeah, 40 ball. <laughs> um, almost 40, 40 years of life. Yeah. What has been either your greatest moment or moments in your
2: life to this point? Mm, uh it's loaded, that's a loaded question. But I'm rolling with like seeing Obama win the presidency. Mm. Um that one was like uh for me, like, I never thought I would live to see, like, a black president ever. Um, and then, like, you know, my grandfather, I think he, he he still was here. So he was able to see it. And I'm, like, I like, remember speaking with him, like, just being like, look, it'll never be a black president. Like, just won't happen. And then to see it, like, it was crazy. And then I could actually, like, see with my own eyes, vote, and do whatever. Um and just be like see it fruition and then like have other people like live to see it as well. And they, my grandfather's passed and my grandmother, um, since then, but, um, it was cool. That's like one of the biggest things to me. Cause it just was like, now, I don't know, you know, everybody in general, like, man, my kid can actually be president if he wants to, I don't think I would want him to be president because that much man. pressure or whatnot, but it, it is possible. Like when I was a kid, I never thought like I could be president <laughs> like, other. Of the united states so that was like a real huge uh monumental thing um so that's like the one thing because i just like gave like my family or my kids hope like they if they want to do that they can it just don't have to be other stuff so um like the you know whatever options in the world was endless you know there's other obstacles besides that but it just was pretty dope to be able to experience that with my family um I didn't even think my I don't think I had any kids when he first was born so actually um when he first got elected I didn't have any kids so that was good um but still when I had kids it just made me like feel like super warm inside and stuff yeah. um and then um, kids and getting married so that's uh those are the other things as well um like probably like my happiest times but in general but like just seeing that like I never thought I would see that and it was almost like if um like everything I thought when I was younger, like this, not everything, but like, like my mindset on that particular topic was like just a race per se. I know it's probably going to be super hard to do it again, but at the same time, something I thought was impossible. I saw the impossible be possible Mm -hmm. in life. So that was pretty dope. You know, JT, I think that's
0: a fantastic answer um, to the question. Um, I, I remember when Obama so that was what two thousand nine. Right? Yeah. So he's two thousand nine and two thousand seven. Well, first of all, not only being the first or not, not only being the first black president or only black president, but a two-term president. Yeah, two ter- yeah. yeah. two-term. Yeah, two terms for sure. That when he that inaugurate, like when he walked on that stage when he was president and the people were going crazy and he just had that swag when he walked. Yeah. Man,
2: serious goosebumps man yeah. wasn't it yeah for sure like when he when he won and said it was like legit like i i start crying like <laughs> i'm not gonna lie. I'm not like i'm more emotional now that i have kids and stuff i think my son might have been like a few months when he first got that like, mm-hmm. in first term but um yeah man like i, shoot, I it took me it took some some serious stuff for me to cry like <laughs> and like i was just boohooing like i just like felt like on glory you remember denzel he had that tear just <laughs> dropped down i was just that's crying like it's crazy that's um iconic image right there that it is you know? yeah yeah i was denzel man i felt like that was just but uh mm-hmm. but now stuff like you know with kids and stuff like i'm more emotional than my grandparents passing so i'll be crying over stuff that. Like emotional movies, like way more than I used to. Like somebody like harms a kid or something in a movie, I will just start crying and be mad. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like before then, I wouldn't care. I'd be ah, but then I'll be like, man, leave that kid alone. This is terrible. Why are you doing this? this kid's homeless. Like, <laughs> a terrible person. Like you know what I mean? How people messing with old people. You know, like they'll do people like they'll be like in a nursing home and they'll just treat them bad and stuff. Like why are you doing this? Like you get you get you angry. I just get angry, and be
0: crying. That's funny. Yeah. Hey, one thing I want to add, <laughs> just 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 real quick, and we'll get to we'll get to Neil. Neil's patiently waiting. Um, but um, Obama has a lot of ties to Cincinnati. Well, f- first of all, let me say this before I talk about his ties to Cincinnati. But the fact that not only being the first black president, but l- his first love was basketball. True. And he was just such, like, I felt like when the NCAA tournament was going on and he was picking his brackets, it was, like, such a big deal, right? It was, like, Obama's yeah. picks. And wasn't there, like, a whole TV show with that? Didn't they do, like, a 30-minute? Did they, did they do one? <laughs> they did. They, did they actually one.
1: put out his bracket for this year, too, all over Twitter and whatnot. Yeah, he picked, like, Duke
2: winning it all, I think, something like that. Uh, he, his brackets busted just like ours. Great yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trash. What's up, um, Person of, the, person of the people just like us no, <laughs>
0: no doubt and, and and um just just quickly i, I want to just uh point out a couple ties to cincinnati one um the former volleyball coach for the university of cincinnati uh reed um he he was the volleyball coach when i was when i was playing and he was i can't remember how many years after i played he was still the uh, volleyball coach he actually went to high school with obama dang and oh, Reed, what's up. Yeah, Reed and I got to know each other pretty well when I played at UC. He's probably one of the nicest human beings you ever meet. Um, and he and I, he would come in the weight room and he would lift. I lifted with the volleyball coach like a bunch and uh really good dude. And uh, he would tell me stories um, just about growing up in, in Hawaii and, um, you know, later on after obviously um, – uh, after I played and, and when Obama became president, he was like, I went to high school with that dude. I'm like, he said, yeah, I went to high school with Barry. I'm like, wait a minute, you just call him Barry. <laughs> um, And then Obama's, uh, Obama and his wife, Michelle's, two of their best friends live here in Cincinnati. And I actually know them. And it's always funny. I'm like, I always tell them like,
2: hey, I want to meet him. <laughs>
0: well, have you ever met Barry yet? I'm like, <laughs> it's
2: called it's
0: called like Barry Barry. and I'm like first of all I'm not calling him Barry true I just it doesn't feel right you know what I mean like true that'd be weird right very very (laughs) very weird but no the JT great great one I I love that Neil you've been patiently waiting I'm sorry
1: (laughs) no you're all good I think I would just have to say like my biggest moment in life is just having a very good support system around me um Everyone kind of knows, like I have, well, for people who don't know now, uh, my parents are more older generation, so uh, they're a little bit older than the typical uh, parent for my age group, my age bracket, however you would call that. But uh, so my parents are a little older, so they're both in their 60s, so um, they they just kind of understand everything, like they've just been, they've seen uh, all the different transpires in life they've gone through everything they've just been very supportive of what not only I have been able to do but what our family has been able to do and that's what brought us so close like uh they've been through the life lessons as I've kind of mentioned like they've been able to give you the uh the advice you need earlier rather than later so I think just having a really good support system uh in my corner has been the uh biggest life blessing that I could have right now obviously I'm just 23 so I think taking that knowledge in early is something that's uh, been very beneficial to myself and my family. Obviously, I have an older brother as well for people who didn't know. But I think that's something you've been able to kind of learn because you can pick their brains a little bit more. Um, But overall, just having that great support system. I mean, they've taught you a lot of things like not many people would have been able to know at a young certain age. So it's kind of nice to kind of pick their brains on a lot of different sides of things. But I think the most important thing that we've been blessed with on is just having a support system, the family, obviously uh, everyone knows I played four sports growing up. So I think just having a support system that is willing to sacrifice a lot of things uh, to get you to experience, Hey, I got practice here at this time, have to run around to practice. Like it felt like we were constantly living going from one practice to another. So they sacrificed a lot and I'm very thankful for it. Cause it's made me uh, learn a lot of things along the way. And I saw what they had to give up. So now it's kind of nice seeing that we're all uh, grown up. We can see them kind of relax a little bit and have, uh, they have their time and everything. So, but Mm -hmm. I just think just having that support system has been the best thing for me. It's been greatest life accomplishment is just having uh, the family and the support system I have. Obviously, I'm the youngest of the two kids in the family. We both graduated college. So I think they're both pretty, pretty uh, happy with that aspect. But uh, yeah, I think the biggest blessing I've been able to really kind of take in from life so far is just a general moment of them is just having a very strong support system. And I just couldn't be more thankful to have that in my corner. So I'm very blessed to have that.
0: Neil, does your support system also, part of that support system, uh, are are your eight cats <laughs>
1: that is not part of my support system that is part of my mom and dad's support system but yeah we got eight cats in the house so shout <laughs> <fed> <laughs> out to all eight of them
0: you got the wu-tang clan of cats bro Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> hey, it, was,
1: it was not by a choice not by a choice Old so, 30 death. Death. <laughs> so yeah safe to say we got a full house just not so who's people, the weak master
2: master killer <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey, you should have named all them cats after the Wu Tang members. <laughs> that would be funny. Man, I the one you don't <laughs> that like the most is Master Killer.
2: Would have
0: kill it. <laughs> <laughs> that been pretty funny. Get the worst album of all. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> and I should have got
1: one of them, the little Masterpiece sneakers.
0: Oh my gosh! Oh, Just run man, around the house.
1: Good. You know yeah. which one's coming.
0: Hey, remember, yeah. Hey, JT, remember that time that Neil was missing?
1: <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. I
2: had, I had text him. Remember, I had text him. I had text him like he good. <laughs> but you go out one man, night with probably,
1: some friends and you don't answer a phone call. And I was like, man, he probably
2: went you know, I said like, he probably hey. just kicked it with his friends, man. And come home. <laughs> hey bearcat, bearcat, <laughs> exactly
0: bearcat fans. We were a couple podcasts deep and Neil just <laughs> went missing. And <laughs> we're, <laughs> back. We're, we're back. We're back. back. His cats were running wild in the house. Nobody. We were, <laughs> I was
1: went just living, uh, living life.
2: <laughs> Neil went AWOL one night. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was like, out with some friends and wasn't thinking. It's all that mattered. We're, we're back now, though. We're sound back.
2: Like that. You probably had a good time, man. I'm, I bet. I'm guessing you had a good time. I hope you did. You were not yeah, was chugging, night, uh, you I, chugging um, <laughs> Skyline. <laughs> I
1: wasn't chugging Skyline. I can tell you that one.
2: I still gotta find that
0: dude. He's <laughs> no, a cheerleader.
1: Man. I'm pretty sure we figured out me and JT were talking, he's a cheerleader.
0: What? How's he wait a minute? He's a cheerleader.
1: How's yeah, he? Yeah, some stands? of them, obviously they have a bigger roster, so some sits in the stands in the student section. Because oh, so I he, think we, we were talking a, about it at the game the other night. We found his profile. I think he's a cheerleader.
0: So he's on the JV team.
1: I couldn't tell you that one, but
0: JT, why you laugh? I didn't mean it like that. I mean, <laughs> see, JT, you you made us sound. <laughs> he's on the second team. He's on the in the stands. That's why he was chill. <laughs>
1: he stopped,
0: Either way, the chugging
1: the skill <laughs> the chili's gotta go. <laughs> see,
0: JT, i to have him on a
2: podcast and he's gonna hear you laughing at him. Hey man, if, if he's man, he might be in shape, man. I gotta, gotta get back. I gotta get back on my bench just so he don't come at me crazy, you know. Hey, if that's the, that's your interview. That's not mine. Is my interview? If he's if he's chugging skyline chili, man, I don't know if he's in shape or he's a bad dude. He might be, man. He might just like he might just go right in and out, and he just back at it. You know what I'm saying? Man,
1: <clears> JT's gonna be sucking not, skyline right there with him.
2: No, nah, man, no. no. That must my stomach hurt just thinking about that. Right. Man. Hey, how you supposed to be living college, man? That's all I'm telling you. you got <laughs> to talk to him. Like, man, you got to, and you around? Oh, man, he, I got to have a talk with him, man. See, <laughs> see, this, this interview is, yep. Yeah, it's going to be like, bar, we're going to be like bar, bar, talking about people's life, like trying to, like, are <laughs> going to be a life coach. I'm <laughs> going to a life coach, then I'm going to build him. <laughs>
0: You gotta stop doing this, man. <laughs> See, JT, you gotta you gotta talk to him like, but you gotta talk to him like in that that low tone, like, hey, like, if yeah. you stop chugging his chili, yeah. you probably will get off the JV cheerleading team. <laughs> and be on the
2: varsity cheerleading. It's true, team. man. It's true. You gotta think about it. Awesome. Like, look, how does your nights end? <laughs> think about it, uh, You want your nights to end a little bit better. Do you want to be missing like Neil? Or you want to be on the toilet like you've been every time? <laughs> hey, if he was
1: chugging that Skyline chili like he was in the middle of a February night, I just pray he was doing it on spring break as well.
2: Mm, boy, oh boy. I hope he didn't do it on spring break, man. <laughs> spring break for people have fun and maybe lose your phone or something like that, but not,
0: well, here's not blow up problem.
2: the restroom. Like, here's the problem.
0: If he gets more popular for chugging the skyline he'll keep doing it he'll keep doing it and then he thinks everywhere he goes he, he has, has to, to
2: do yeah yes. become a thing. but it's crazy because even ad like even uh john cunningham was talking about it on um was he on the West miller show like a couple weeks ago really? Was really yeah he was like oh yeah you know our fans are great we even got people chugging a." Uh, Skyline chili and they were like laughing about it. it was like, they was like, oh man, that's crazy. That. That's funny. Nah, but even he was talking about, I was like, oh man, it's it's taking off, man. It's, it's like a forest
0: fire. So Neil, I need you to do a little research. I need you to find a way to uh
2: for me to get a hold of him. Okay. Yep. Ne- make sure meach gets old though.
1: <laughs> make sure Meech of <laughs> We can do it. We can do it.
0: Neil, so you you tell um Alex Meacham wants to interview him yeah, on
1: Alex Meacham.
2: Don't say don't say all of those like Alex would like me.
1: <laughs> Alex would just like to uh talk Alex. about your uh intake of chili.
0: We got to yeah. get to the bottom of this. We got to like I want to know like what so tell me about the first time. <laughs>
2: Like, When did you just like you do like a test run? You're gonna you be like that. You're like, you gonna do a test run? It. It's almost yeah. like uh, he's like a Cincinnati chili uh, what's the dude? The, the uh, Kobayashi. Kobayashi. <laughs> yeah, the the hot Ch-C-C- chestnut. <laughs> Joey <laughs> chestnut? <laughs> Yep.
0: I mean, okay, that's that's See, that whole hot dog eating thing is something it's, I don't know.
2: how. Yeah, it's crazy, but I mean, he's chili. I mean, chili. And it's not like even like homemade like uh, you know people like three ways and all that stuff like that, but you know it's not like mom putting her getting her chili on all the way type of chili. It's a little runny. It's not thick chili either. <laughs> see, okay, <laughs> we we got to stop
0: because <laughs> see, this is gonna be a great interview. I might do the whole. I might do the whole the Twyman segment sponsored. Just the whole Twyman segment is gonna be on That's this. You, week. man, Neil, work on it. it. Yeah, you got
1: it. Yeah, it's my on stomach Neil. It's will Neil be hurting that whole time through that. Uh. Just Neil and you. Just <laughs> on Neil
2: and you. I will just, I will just, I'll mute. end it up mute. JT, JT will I'll
1: turn mute. his camera off and everything.
2: Yeah, I'll just be there on mute listening. Mm. Um. <laughs> so, so real quick, I'll get my, I'll get my.
0: Uh, uh, greatest moment moments. Uh, I just I just got a two parter. Um, they they both tie in together. One um, one of my great moments I think was was running out on that uh, Fifth Third Arena, the shoe floor, um, uh, playing for the Bearcats. Like the first time running out on the floor was unreal, man. In front of thirteen thousand one hundred and seventy six people, man. I can't explain to you guys with. Uh, what what that felt like Kenyon Martin in front and, and just, you know, being able to wear that red and black was, was something else. And I'd say the second part to it, and maybe some people don't believe me when I say this, but one of my proudest moments is when my book was first released. When I published, when I wrote, published my first book, because it was like, My parents were super proud of me. You know, mom and dad were proud because they're really academic people. And like the hoops was cool, but the book was like, this is what's up. And so that those two kind of go hand in hand, because obviously the book ties into the basketball experience. So I'd say to this date, those are two moments that just always will stick out running on the floor um at uc and then when that book got released seeing my mom and dad's face so that's mine um yeah yeah so that's good that's good we got good uh good good feedback on that one so the twyman segment is sponsored by 93 ways to mentor 93 ways to mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater cincinnati area through mentoring therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website 93waystomentor.com or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-1715. Now, fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. <clears throat> we also want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria, at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. <clears throat> the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast is presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming a enrolled agent. Visit taxley.com to learn more now we don't know um when the next podcast is going to be um but if we were to make it to the championship game of the nit how many more podcasts would we have Two. Yep. Two. two.
2: Two. Two pin a hot shake yeah two pin a hot shake
0: okay two yeah. and then we'll, we'll we, we obviously we'll do a uh season recap um pod and uh, we'll put all that together I tell you, man, I've I've had a great time uh, doing this with you guys, man. I appreciate you guys. I think we've had a lot of fun. Um, you know, what's funny is like some of these uh, uh, some of these reads for the uh, sponsors and um, what we have written up. Man, I swear, I, sometimes I wake up just saying them in my head. <laughs> I wake up. I wake up like taxi. I was the first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
2: be like, what am I doing? <laughs> My like, own oh, car. You gonna be like taxy the first, <laughs> like Downer, <Donahoo> County.
1: <laughs> you need uh, your tax work done. Call Russ Bailey. <laughs> He'll set you up with
2: everything. Make sure be, to check like, him out. The big old segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot, <might> man. Hello. <laughs> oh man. Practice at three. <laughs> <laughs> practice at
0: three. <laughs> Just, I'd be I, I I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't say it didn't happen before I woke up and started saying that shit. But like, off oh, oh, snap hey but it wouldn't be possible this would, sure but with all of them so we're not we're for gonna, sure we're gonna do it din- we're gonna do a dinner with all the uh sponsors after the season's <laughs> over so that's gonna be a lot of fun yeah for sure that'd be dope it's gonna be, dope.
1: Sir, it'll be a lot of fun a lot of fun look forward to it as well
0: yep absolutely and we want to thank all bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the bearcat tip-off talk podcast presented by tax league go bearcats